Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When the lottery hits over a hundred million dollars, sales of the tickets for the lottery go up. Um, it's as if the lottery is worth investing in when there's a hundred or two hundred or three hundred million available and it's not worth investing in when there's only twenty million available. Uh, this has something to do with the kind of thinking uh, that humans engage in. I have known business people or at least people who attempted to do business who could never actually get a business started because every time they wanted to go into something it was always some sort of far out scheme that would immediately make millions uh, they weren't ready to do the groundwork to build up to making millions. They had to go right for the millions. And of course, those kinds of ideas almost always fail uh, because you can't jump into something that is already complete. People stand in casinos or sit in casinos for hours trying to strike it rich as opposed to working and saving their money and it becomes a really terrible habit for some people where they eventually lose what they make in the attempt uh, to strike it rich because what they make doesn't seem sufficient for them. They always think in some kind of magical way that they are capable of entering into another stratosphere of wealth. The spiritual path has those same kinds of problems. People who haven't begun to do the work on the self of the spiritual path believe they've developed a conscience and now don't need rules and don't need regulations and don't need to follow any set pattern of behavior that is externally put upon them because their conscience has reached the level that whatever they do is appropriate because they don't do inappropriate 
things. Some people believe in magic formulas. Uh, and that formula being that whatever they think is so. And however they think it is how it's going to be. The act of humility in our encounter with the truth is an essential in order to be able to make contact with the truth. And without that being present, the ability to move forward becomes limited. It's self-evident to some and absolutely not evident to others that you can't move along the straight path unless you become pure yourself. The Hadith say that everything begins with intention. But for some, everything culminates with intention. And that's a very important distinction. Begins with intention or culminates with intention. I want to become pure is an intention. It should be understood that to bring that intention about, something has to happen. Some people believe, and again, it's the same kind of thinking that makes people think they can enter into a business and make millions instantaneously, that once they have the intention to be pure, they are pure. I think I want to be pure. I'm pure. The understanding between intention and the culmination of intention and the path in between intention and the culmination of intention is something that we have to be keenly aware of in our own existence. What happens with the kind of mind that goes from intention to immediate culmination of intention is a certain arrogance has crept in and stops people from actually moving forward as opposed to imagining that they already are forward. And this imagination 
is so powerful and so strong in people that it gives them a sort of self-declared exemption from effort. A self-declared exemption from the need to understand the reality of the truth in the path, from the need to work to obtain what it is that you're trying to obtain, from the need to be humble. All of a sudden, if you have reached elevated standards in your imagination, you can do whatever you want. Because you've reached the level that dictates reality. Forgotten is the point that that assumption came from yourself and is also part of yourself imagination. So, how do we separate our imaginations from reality? How do we separate our idealized versions of who we are from the reality of who we are? How do we formally set our place in this existence and in our progress as opposed to the imaginations that we have of ourselves and our progress? One of the things that has been advised is to never assume that you have made progress. To constantly work as if you are a beginner. And no matter what state you're at, to continuously be a student. Not to be the final arbiter. Not to be the teacher. But to constantly be a student. The great sheikhs say that the greatness of a teacher is the fact that he remains a student. And if he can't remain a student, that greatness will not be available to him. When we lose our sense of awe as to that which is yet beyond us, and we begin to believe that there is nothing beyond us, that we have made the strides into reality, and that we know what there is to know, and there is no knowing beyond that, we begin to lose our true sense of what man is. We are a derivative creature created by our Creator, 
whose purpose is to know our Creator. And in that knowledge, we reach fana, or disappearance. Now, as long as we haven't disappeared, it should be self-evident that we haven't reached fana. As long as we haven't disappeared, it should be self-evident that we haven't merged. As long as we haven't gone and are still subject to our senses, to our thinking, to our various ideas, we lose touch with how we actually act. And we think that we act to become close to him, but yet we act just on behalf of our arrogance and our idea of self. And somehow that has to be dissipated. The fact that we can believe that we're going to win the lottery, or the fact that we can believe that we're going to become an instant millionaire or billionaire, the fact that we believe that we are instantly close to Allah is a sort of wishful thinking that indicates what we want to do, but we have no idea how to do. And we make the wish the fulfillment of our idea as opposed to the idea actually being fulfilled. And we, each of us, have to get a very strong handle on that. Now, the point is that as man, we are given certain things we need to do and that we are supposed to do in order to keep us on the straight path. And if we move away from those things, we also fall off the straight path. Personal morality can not be abandoned in the name of exaltation. Personal morality cannot be abandoned in the name of higher consciousness. If personal morality doesn't exist, higher consciousness can't exist. But there are those who will tell you that higher consciousness is above and beyond all of the mundane things of the world. And when you enter into higher consciousness, all of the mundane things are now irrelevant. So whether you're involved in them or not is of no material matter. 
is of no matter in any way because you've transcended that. It's in that thought of transcending that which is required that people lose their way. There's an amazing story of the Ketub, and the Ketub is considered the axis between heaven and earth, sitting in a mosque in the back of the room, and when prayer time came, he continued to sit and didn't participate in the prayer. And the imam of the mosque came to the Ketub and warned him that you can't sit without joining in the prayer. And the next set of prayers came, and the same thing happened again. And the imam came again to the Ketub and explained to him that he had to pray. And the same thing happened again the third time. After the third time, the imam of the mosque said to the Ketub, you have to be punished for what you've done. And he took him outside, and they tied him to a whipping post. Meanwhile, the Ketub went to Allah, and all the angels went with him. And he asked God for a dispensation because of who he was. And God spoke directly to him and said, when you're within the realm of those who follow the earthly regulations and haven't transcended the earthly regulations, you must join in those rituals or else don't be there. You can't be an example for the ones who do of not doing. Uh, A complex story and of course a complex understanding. Simple enough for us in our states to be able to know that we can't denigrate the rules and regulations of religion because they are meant to keep our physical self controlled. They're meant to keep our physical self under supervision while our consciousness develops. And that's the interesting thing about consciousness. It develops. And we, as devotees, as dervishes, as ones on the path, can never make the assumption that our consciousness has fully developed. And that it's developed to the point where we are no longer subject to the commands and the dictates of the deen, of the religion. 
of the path. That we have to follow them because they have been prescribed and they are the cloth that covers us and protects us from the illusion that is the world. If we're not covered by the cloth of the Dean, then we expose ourselves to the cloth of illusion. And the cloth of illusion will take us astray and take us to places that we never imagined in our intention that we would go. And basically, it'll take us to the place of heresy and violation because we think we are beyond heresy and violation when we go into that kind of thought. We begin to say things that may in their essence be true, but are not true in the way that we apply them. That may in one situation be true, but we use the words from one situation to a situation that's not applicable and apply them there because we think that our thoughts have validity and because we are able to be quick with words and quick with explanations, we can verify anything that we think and say. The power of rationalization is strong within man. The power of the truth is strong within the power of God. We need to understand that we have to align ourselves with the power of truth, not with the power of rationalization. And we have to know the difference. And that's why the Sufis stay uninvolved in so many political matters and in so many of the matters of the world. They're not here to direct people what to do and how to live. They're here to direct themselves. These situations, of course, become much more difficult when you begin to deal with communities. But for the most part, we have to apply our ideas towards ourself and learn how to stay silent. Within silence, great knowledge can be found. Within silence, great protection can be found. Within silence, we keep ourselves away from many of the problems that too many words create. The truth is simple. The truth is direct. The truth doesn't need a lot of paragraphs. The truth can be recited in a few words. Bismillah irahman irahim. La ilaha il Allah. 
the total meaning of those few words deals with the entire essence of creation. Yet, if you use those words to sanction that which is not permissible, you're turning all of creation upside down to benefit your own ideas. We have to be very careful as to how we do these things. We have to be very careful as to our interaction with the world. We have to be very careful as to what we deem permissible for ourselves. We have to be very careful as to the associations that we make. We have to be very careful of the things we allow to come from our mouth and to be viewed by our eyes. We have to learn to be careful. We have to be covered. The great ones constantly cover their heads and bodies. The great ones constantly hide from the connection to illusion. They become small and unseen. They become hidden. Yet within them burns the truth that is creation. And if you can see that small ember, if you can see that reality, you can be opened up to the truth that exists in all of the universes. But it's found in small hidden places. It's not proclaimed from the rooftops. It's not yelled about in the streets. It's calm and it's quiet and it's relentless and it's unceasing and it's always there if you can see it. We have to become <clears throat> attuned to it. We have to become attuned to that truth and we have to be able to shelter it and then in small groups proclaim it to the ones who are capable of hearing it. Jesus had 12 disciples. Muhammad in his formative years had a handful of disciples. Baal Muhayyadeen had two or three hundred people at a time, most at most, visit him. We need to understand the incredible nature that is the truth, and we have to hold it constantly in respect and in awe, and we have to be very careful around it. And with that trepidation, our humility happens. And in our own humility, we can become closer to it. 
the world needs a course in remedial humility. The world needs to go into rehab for humility. We all need to understand that unless we maintain a humble nature, we won't be able to get close to that which is the ultimate in understanding. Subhanallahi, all praise is to him. Alhamdulillahi, all greatness belongs to him. And we must approach this with love, with kindness, with respect, with trepidation, and with humility. He is humble to the humble one. May we be worthy of entering into that space. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.